Welcome to the Fong Vo Show. Now let's go. The second best way that you can market your business, and that is through text messaging marketing. Okay, text messaging marketing. And so I'll share with uh, some statistics with you all. So email open rates. So if you send out an email to someone, let's say a marketing email, you'll get about 20 to 25% open rates, right? That means one out of five or one out of four people will actually open up your email if you have an email list. So that's considered good. Now with text messages, that number is above 90%. Above 90% of people will actually open up your text messages. That is an insane number. Now let's go back to email marketing. Now let's talk about click-through rates. Click-through rates is if you provide a link, let's say you provided a link to your website in that email that you send to someone, a good click-through rate is one to 2%. Okay, that's like average. If you get one to 2% click rate, that's great. So meaning if you have 100 people that you send an email to um, that actually open it, you have one person out of 100 people that actually click on your link. Okay, very inefficient. Now compare that to text messaging Text messaging is over 40%, at some, in some uh, cases, 50% click rates. So if you provide your website, hey, check out this link that I have, 50% of the people you send uh, that actually open up your text actually click on it, which is a huge number. Now, the question then becomes, okay, how do I build a big text list, right? How do I build a list of people's phone numbers? Well, number one is you got to know Phone numbers is not something people give out very easily, okay? It's very sacred compared to an email. An email, you know, like people just give out their emails left and right nowadays. But with their number, they're very cautious of whether or not they want to give you their number. And so how do you get them to give you uh, their number? Is through adding value. Is giving them something that is so valuable that they are more than happy to give you their number. You gotta think of it um, uh, in their minds. Like if you put yourself in their shoes, is it going to provide value? Is it, how can you get people to feel so happy giving you their phone number that they don't even question it, right? It's not even a decision in their mind. And so there are many ways. Uh, one of the best ways is through webinars. You know, how can you provide a valuable webinar that people can attend to learn more? And then you can get their phone number uh, on the front end. Okay, so that's one way. Another way is through networking events. You know, like we host networking events every week. And same thing, you know, that we collect the phone numbers from everybody. So that's the, another way. So, you know, think up of, of creative ways that you can collect people's phone numbers. If you go on Google and you type in creative ways to collect phone numbers that will, you know, that add value, you're going to find some ways. Yeah, there's a menu of ways. I'm not going to go through all of them, but those are two ways that you can collect phone numbers. So I want everybody on this call to be thinking about text messaging. How can you incorporate text messages to your marketing campaigns? Now, here's something I've seen, okay, um, with, with text messages. So, you know, I'm not going to say the company name, but I get texts maybe like once every week from this company. And I'm, I just want to see how it works, you know, like what are they sending me? Because, you know, that's how I think. Like, what are they marketing to me? 
you know, and I kind of learned from that. And so they send me about, you know, salesy stuff like, hey, 10% off this, 20% off this, 50% off. This week we have a July 4th discount and I never click on it. And the reason why I don't click on it, um, I might click on it to just be curious, but I know that they're just trying to sell me something. So with that company, I'm not going to be surprised if not that many people actually click on their links. And so you got to provide value in your text messages as well. Just because you have their phone number doesn't mean that you can just spam them with salesy stuff. You got to provide value within the text. And so one person I follow, his name is Gary Vaynerchuk. What he does is he just sends out maybe once or twice a week a motivational text. Okay. So it might sound like, hey, it's Wednesday. Um, just, I just want to let you know I'm rooting for you. You know, have a great Wednesday. Don't let anything get in your way. Right. And then I read that text. I feel pumped. I'm like, wow, there's someone that <laughs> someone by my side. Right. And so, you know, think of ways that you can be creative with how you can provide value to people and the text messaging will work. So, you know, collect text as many phone numbers as you can. It's going to help you in the long run, especially when our society becomes more reliant on our phones. Uh, through text messages. And there's a lot of people that would rather text than do a phone call nowadays or check their email, right? People love to communicate through text. It's just going to get more like that in these upcoming years. And so do think about that a lot. All right. So at this point, we are going to move on to the Q&A. All right, Aaron, let's kick us off. All right. <clears throat> so the first question is, Jay Vora is asking, how can I create a brand identity better than my competitors. All right, sounds good, Jay. So first, so I have three things for you, Jay. So the first thing you wanna think about is to be authentic to who you are. So if you're asking that question of how can I create a brand identity that is better than my competitors, chances are your competitors are probably doing really well. And so you might, you just might have an urge to copy them. Right? You might have an urge to imitate them, to see what they're doing and try to replicate it. And let me tell you, you don't want to do that. You really want to be authentic to who you are. So you know, don't be afraid of sharing stuff about yourself. For example, in my case, if you know me, or you probably have heard me talk about cryptocurrency. I love cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum. At this point, most people have heard about all that stuff. Now, if I cared about what people think, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be talking about cryptocurrency because there's a lot of people out there that don't think cryptocurrency is a real thing. Okay, that's just the reality. But because I don't care what other people think, um, there are going to be people that just don't do business with me because I talk about cryptocurrency. They just don't believe in it. And so they might not do business with me. However, there's going to be equally the same amount of people that do business with me because I talk about cryptocurrency and they like it as well. And it feels so much better when you can actually be yourself, you know, and just not hold back about what you're passionate about and what, you know, your interests are. And so that's number one is to be authentic to who you are and don't copy your competitors, be yourself and don't be afraid to um, share with people what you're passionate about, even if there are people that don't like it. So uh, number two is, you know, once you start to be authentic and you, you know, you're being yourself, 
how are people going to know who you are? Well, it's through content. It's called, you know, it's through content marketing, content distribution, creating content on social media platforms to let people know who you are. And there's two ways that you can do that. So the first way is through value, right? It's through information. Like what I'm doing right now, I'm providing information, I'm providing value for you all. You can take that information and apply it into your own business. So uh, that's the first way you can share um, content. The other way that you can share content is through entertainment. You know, people watch Netflix, people watch Hulu, people watch TV, people watch sports. That's entertainment. Now, people also watch reality TV. Okay, <laughs> They love to, people are nosy and love to see what other people are up to. And so what I tell people is if you're not sure how to, you know, provide valuable information then document, document your life, you know, uh, take a picture of what you're working on and write a quick blurb about it, you know, uh, do a quick video about yourself and how you're doing today. What are some things you're, things you're working on today? And so you might not think it's really interesting, but there are people that are curious and they will watch it. And, so, and then eventually they start to follow you. Every single video you come out with, they're like, oh, what is he up to this time? Or what is she up to this time, right? And so I'm sure we've all been guilty about, uh, <laughs> you know, we see something, we click on their profile. We're like, oh, what, what have they been up to? And so those are two ways that you can provide content is through uh, distribution. Uh, I'm sorry, through uh, value and then also entertainment. And number three is volume. You know, put out as much content as you can. I, I tell people all the time, at least one time a day on social media, post at least one time a day, but really you should be aiming for a three to four times a day. Currently I'm doing one time a day. I'm trying to ramp up to three to four. So I'm creating more content to, to hit that point. Uh, don't overthink it. A lot of people overthink their content and then they get like analysis paralysis and they don't put anything out. When you think about volume, you just put out whatever you can. And then you can get feedback from that to see how you can improve. And so those are three ways that I would do to, you know, build your brand identity to beat your competitors. All right. Next question, Aaron. Yeah. So the next question is by Tab. Uh, Tab Bushi is asking, how do I use LinkedIn better? All right. So this is exactly how I would um, use LinkedIn better. So number one is I'm gonna go here in the search bar and I'm gonna type in uh, who my target audience is. So let's say just as an example, my target audience are bookkeepers, uh, people that own bookkeeping firms. So I'll go CEO bookkeeping. All right, that's my audience. All right, look, Rebecca Nielsen. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna send a connection request now, most people just click send, but you want to add a note. It, it, it makes them more willing to accept your request. So I'm going to say, hey, Rebecca, I would love to add you to, to my professional network. Have a great day. All right. And then I'm going to send it. And that's the first step is to really start connecting with your audience, your target audience. There's a ton of them. Look at, we got Maria, we got Jonathan. There are thousands, hundreds and thousands of people um, that are, uh, that, you know, is your audience on LinkedIn. And so that's number one is to search them. Number two is you want to engage with people. Okay. A lot of people, they forget the social part 
in the word social media. They get the media part, you know, they create posts and stuff, but they get, they forget the social part. So the social part is going to people's posts, not just looking at it and scrolling down, but to actually engage with it, to be social. And so look, Leland, he just posted a nice, beautiful family picture. Everybody see that? It looks like Disneyland. Man, I want to be there right now. What I'll do right now is I'll engage with it, do a little heart maybe, and then I'll leave a thoughtful comment. Now, by thoughtful, I don't mean nice picture. Okay, that is not a thoughtful comment. That is a lazy comment. <laughs> you want to leave a thoughtful comment. What does that sound like? Wow, great family picture, Leland. What are you enjoying most about your trip? All right, look at that. So I just asked Leland a question, a thoughtful question. What are you enjoying most about your trip? And if you look at all, all of the other comments, people are leaving some lazy comments. Beautiful photo, great family, keep up the great work, right? But my question right here, what are you enjoying most about your trip is going to get Leland to respond back to me, engage with me. And so that is the second step on how to use LinkedIn better is to engage with people, be social. And then the final step I got for you is <laughs> to add value, okay? This is just a theme, a recurring theme, value, 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 value through content. And so a lot of people, they like to scroll. They like to scroll on their social media, but they're not giving people value. And it's because it takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort to create valuable content for people. But I can tell you right now, you are going to stand out and you're going to do LinkedIn much better than everybody else if you're providing value on LinkedIn. And so those are the three things I would do. Number one is to connect, send out connection requests with your audience along with a note. Number two is engage with people, be social, ask them thoughtful questions and you know, leave thoughtful comments. And number three is to add value through content. All right, next question, Edwin, uh, Aaron. All right. Uh, next question is from Yona Braun. Uh, She's asking, what is the most effective way to engage my target market? All right. The most effective way to um, engage with your target ma market. I got two tips for you. Number one is you want to be the host of the party, to be the host of the party. And so if you think back to you know, the last party you've gone to, and if it was a big party, let's say there was 10 people there, you're probably going to forget most people that attended. The one person you will not forget is the host. Okay, People remember the host of the party. They are memorable. And when you're the host of the party, party you become an authority figure. You know, People kind of look up to you. And kind of like what I'm doing right now, you know, I am being the host of the party. And so I'm hoping that, you know, People remember me. I'm hoping that it builds my authority. I'm hoping that if they have a question about something related to marketing, sales, leadership, business strategy, they think of me first. They think about asking me first. And so you want to become the host of the party. Some of the ways you can do that is through, you know, like what I'm doing, webinars, you know, educational webinars. Um, you can do, you know, be a host of a networking event, which I see a lot of co-hosts in here. Um, and you can also start a podcast, you know, where you interview people. People love um, 
listening to podcasts and they remember the host. Now, the key here is not to be transactional, not to be salesy. You know, I don't sell my webinars. Nobody should be selling their webinars. Nobody should be selling in their networking events. Nobody should be selling during a podcast. The whole goal is to add value to people and make their lives better. And so that is number one is to be the host of the party. Number two is social media. And so, you know, like what I said earlier, most people, they understand the media part in social media, but they don't understand the social part. And so the reason why engaging on social media is so effective is because it's free. First of all, it doesn't cost me any money to leave a comment on someone's post. Now it will cost me if I want to send them a, a piece of mail. Okay. I have to pay for postage <laughs> and the mail and the envelope. Um, it's going to cost me to send someone a gift basket, but it's not going to cost me to send a comment on social media. So number one's free. Number two is fast. You know, like I could leave like that comment I just left where I said, Hey, beautiful family photo. What um, are you enjoying most about your family vacation? That took me 10 seconds to do that. And so it's very effective. I can send hundreds of comments within one hour to people. Imagine that I can talk to hundreds of people within one hour through leaving social media comments. And so those are the two ways I would engage my target audience. All right, Aaron, next question. All right, we got Edward Willis and he's asking best practices for automated prospecting. All right, what are the best practices for automated prospecting? So Edward, I'm actually going to answer your question, but I do have a different perspective on automation. And so um, if you are going to choose to use automation for your prospecting, the best way is through outbound email marketing. Okay, you can set it up to where it's sending a drip sequence series. So it's sending email after email after email. If they didn't open it, it will send the same email until they open it. And then once they open it, it will send a different email. So a lot of outbound email marketing, if you're going to use prospecting, that's probably one of the best ways, reliable, very cheap, doesn't cost much to send that out. Now, I want, to, I want you to be thinking about this. So, you know, in a world of automation, right now we have, we hear about it all the time, technology and automation. The winners that stand out to their prospects are not the ones that use automation. They're actually the ones that scale human interaction. They scale human interaction. Nobody wants to be talking to a teleprompter, right? Because you have to like click a bunch of buttons. It's just not, you don't feel good when you're doing that. On the other hand, we've all called big companies where right when we call, there's a human answering the phone. And so we feel really good. We're like, thank goodness that there's actually someone that I can talk to. I can, that will actually help me with my problem. And so at the end of the day, when you're prospecting, people are always going to choose the, uh, the company that show a human side. So you got to keep that in mind. How can you show a human side? How can you add more of the human interaction in your prospecting? But how can you do it that it's easy to scale and you can keep it cheap and efficient? And there's tons of ways to do that. So for example, I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm considering hiring a team right now of interns. 
okay? Interns that will just go on other people's social media pages and leave thoughtful comments. And they're going to send out thousands of comments a month. And all those people that receive their comment, that comment, they're going to go back to my business page and check me out. And so that is the human interaction, right? There's a human leaving a thoughtful comment, but they're interns. You know, it's cheap. It's very scalable. They can leave hundreds and thousands of comments a month. And so that is one way that you can actually scale human interaction. Um, another way you can do that is, you know, for example, in my case, I'm going to people's social media pages. And what I'll do is I'll do a screen recording and just share, hey, here's what you're doing well with your social media. Here's where you can improve and then send that video to them. It could be 10 minutes. And that is a human doing that video. And so they're going to see that as, wow, this person, this human Fong spent time out of his day to just give me great feedback on my social media pages. I didn't even ask him to. And so think about it within that realm. Like how can you, you know, scale human interaction? Um, and so that's, that's my take on that question. All right, Aaron, next, next question, please. Yeah, Nicole Woolsey is asking what social channels get the best return. And um, another question was related is Lee Cassells is asking, what is a good ROI for advertising? All right. What is a good ROI for advertising and what social media channels get the most return? So um, first of all, I would define what return means, okay, related to so, so, uh, the social channel question. If you're referring like a return on time, then there's no question that LinkedIn is the best use of your time. If you're talking about, um, you know, the, the time you're spending to, um, uh, to build your brand on social media. Now, if you're talking about money, then you need to know that organic social media posting is not going to lead to quick results, okay, quick transactions. So that's a huge, huge mistake that I see people make is you know, they post on social media for a few weeks, they get really motivated, they get really amped up, they might watch this webinar and say, all right, I'm gonna post on social media. They do it for a few weeks and they get no results and then they stop. Now, social media is not transactional. Social media is building relationships, it's building brand. So it's something that you do consistently over a course of years. It's brand building, you know, you're building your reputation, you're building your trust. And building trust doesn't, you know, it's not transactional. You know, building trust takes time. It takes consistency. So what social media does do, like or building organic social media does do, is, you know, if I'm deciding between a couple companies I want to work with, and I look on their social media, and two of them don't use social media, but one of them do it very consistently, and they're engaging with people, then I'm going to choose that company because they showed me that they are someone that interacts with people. They're someone that are, they're thinking about delivering value. And so that's number one is just keep in mind that building organic social media is not transactional. It's something that you do for the long haul. Now to answer the other question around uh, what is a good ROI for advertising, at the bare minimum, it should be at least the same amount uh, of what your product and service costs. Okay, so the same amount of what it costs at the bare minimum. So that way you don't lose money. Um, but a good benchmark is three times. You know, if it can get you three times to return, that's good. 
if it's great, it's about five times. And if it's exceptional, like this is awesome, then it's 10 times, 10 times the amount um, that you spent. And so that's a good benchmark. But, you know, most business owners I actually run into um, are not ready for advertising because they have not maximized their organic social media. And so I would recommend that if you have not really built up your organic social media, and by organic, I mean posting on social media often, you know, three to four times a day, engaging with people on social media, then you should hire a team that will be able to do that. You know, hire a team of content creators, people can, that, that can do copywriting, people that can do um, graphic design, people that can do video editing, you know, people that will engage, you know, uh, like the interns I'm going to be hiring to do that. So hire a team that can really beef up your organic social media first because organic social media is free. Why pay for something if you don't need to yet, right? If you haven't really maximized the free stuff. So maximize the free stuff and then you can think about ads later. All right, Aaron, next question. Next question is Amanda Simmons asking what content should be shared, where, and when? Okay. What content should be shared, where, and when? All right. So um, for people that are starting, you know, creating content, I tell people to just post it all. So if you're creating something, just post every single thing that you create if you're starting out. And, you know, people think I'm crazy. Why should I post everything? Not everything is good. Well, first of all, you're going to be overthinking it. You know, you're going to be overthinking, oh, should I post this? Should I not? Should I? Should I not? It's a waste of time and energy. Just post it. Okay. <laughs> so that way you can move fast. Um, number two, it, it allows you to actually get feedback from people. So you might, you might think it's good, but the people that actually see it might not think it's good. In the reverse, you might post something that you don't think is good, but it could be the best performing post you've ever done. And so you don't really know until you post it out there. So that's why I tell people to post as much out there as you can. So that way you can see what people are actually, you know, resonating with. And then lastly, you know, when you put out content, like at volume, at scale, um, it allows more people to see it, right? If you only do one post, you're going to get a, you know, uh, you're going to hit a maximum of how many people can see that post. But if you're putting a ton of posts out there, you're going to have more people see all your posts collectively than just that one post you would have done. And so that's number one is put out all your posts if you're starting out. Number two is um, where, where to put the posts. I would put it on LinkedIn. If you're a B2B business, LinkedIn is the best place to do it. Second best place if you're putting out content is Facebook groups, Facebook groups. If you go on Facebook and you click on groups and then you type in the search bar, like, you know, uh, your local Facebook uh, business group. So for example, I'm here in Sacramento, I'll type in Sacramento business group. I mean, there's like over 30 different business groups I can join. So I'll join all those groups and I'll share my posts into those groups. You know, as far as what content should be shared, share all of them, where, LinkedIn, Facebook groups, and when, three to four times a day, three to four times a day, one at the very least. And so work your way up to one, build those muscles. And once you got enough muscles, you can then, you know, put on the weight and get two 
and then eventually three, and then four. And so that's my take on that question. All right, next question, Aaron. Yep, next question is by um, Joel Barnahama is asking, is email marketing or text marketing better? All right, so uh, this is kind of related to what I um, went over, over earlier, so I won't you know, spend too much time on it, but um, it really define, uh, depends on how you define better. Uh, there's pros and cons to both email and text message, um, but personally for most people, you know, I think what better means for most people is how many people open it and how many people click on it. And so based off those metrics, um, text message is better. More people will see it if you send it out and more people will click on the links that you send out if you do send a text. All right, next question. Yes, all right. Next question is by Jackie Ambrow and she's asking, what are, what are best practices for marketing to organizations confronting change and or organizations that are not ready for it? All right. So I think most, <laughs> I think most organizations <laughs> need some sort of change or they're not ready for it. I think there's a lot of companies out there that fall within that realm, um, whether it be their branding, whether it be their marketing, their sales, leadership, whatever it might be, there's always something that they need to be changing. And so um, number one is you want to talk about you know, what are the problems? Uh, yes, I have lunch at your place and today. How, and I think I might have left my over. We have like a leather Okay. Got it. Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to uh, restart that. Okay, restart that again. Um, <laughs> all good. And so, um, Jackie, to answer your question, best ways to, uh, best practices to market to your organizations confronting change and or organizations that are not ready for it. So number one is I would talk about their problems. Okay, what are the problems that they have and how does it tie back to their priorities? And so once you identify those problems and chances are there's many, but choose maybe three, okay, three different problems and how it ties into the priorities. That's the first one is identify the problem. Number two is you're now going to create content. And if you have seen my content, you see that up top, there's a header, right? The header allows people to, it's like a hook for people to actually click on your video and watch it. And so up top, you want to do something that's going to draw their attention by including that problem in there. And so, for example, it might sound something like why your company is struggling with X. Another video might be why your company is struggling with Y or how to and then fill in the blank. Right. So include those problems or or what they want to uh, the, the result of solving that inside the header of the videos that you create for yourself. And so if you want to see more about how to do that, you can go to my profile, my LinkedIn profile of Fong Vo, and then see some of the videos I put out recently and how I incorporated the, the problems within that title. So um, that's the second is to create content with the headers of the problems. Number three is more content. And I'm, good, I'm just going to keep preaching this until I see more of it, because right now I don't see many people doing this, is more content three to four times a day. That's the magic number. Three to four times a day, you got to be posting three to four times a day, one at the very least. And so if you're not doing one, build yourself up to one. 
and then do that for a few weeks. That way you built that habit. You know, this is a habit, like this habit right here of building content related to marketing. It's almost like being healthy, right? If you're, if you want to be healthy, you got to be exercising. And if you exercise every day, you're going to be a lot more healthy than someone who only exercises once a week or once every two weeks. Same thing with uh, branding and marketing on social media. If you want to be healthy, if you want to have a healthy marketing, you got to be posting three to four times a day, at the very least one. But if you're not doing that, then you got to build yourself up to that point. And it really comes down to discipline, comes down to um, being consistent, comes down to you know, uh, knowing the why of, of why it's important for you to post three to four times a day. And so if you have all those things in place, um, you're going to be able to reach out to the organizations that you want um, with your marketing. So that's my take on that question. All right. So, uh, Aaron, any more questions? Um, nope. Okay. Got it. Um, so let's do this. We're going to take some live questions. Actually have two phone, if you don't mind. Um, one of them is when you're, uh, a, uh, in multi-level marketing and some, you know, ABC company and you're trying to market to businesses and is there a way, I, I don't feel like I'm getting very good support from, uh, my company currently in that regard. Uh, let's say we've got this outstanding product that we want to put it in their chiropractic office, their dentist office. Is there a certain way to do that? I mean, obviously you want to provide value and that type of thing, but how do you go about it as you're branding yourself and you're trying to get them to see you seriously as someone that's beyond just marketing this one or two type of products? That would be my first question. Love it, Larry. So let me understand this question to just make sure you know, you're trying to market um, your company to chiropractors, to, you know, health offices, right? right? Okay. This is exactly what I would do if I were you right now. So number one, I would create a podcast. It could be something called the Larry Sims podcast, something very simple. Okay. Your name, the Larry Sims podcast. And what I'm going to now do is I'm going to go on LinkedIn and then search bar. I'm going to be typing in chiropractic owner, or I'm going to type in owner of a chiropractic, you know, like any of those key terms. And it's gonna show you a list of all those owners, people that own a chiropractor office. And then now I'm gonna leave them a note and connect with them like, like how I just showed you earlier. Mm -hmm. And here's the awesome part. Once they accept your request, I'm going to send a message to them saying, hey, you know, um, took a look at your profile, love the work that you're doing. I would love to interview you on the Larry Sims podcast where I talk to uh, people in the health and wellness space. They're going to hop on your podcast. You're going to interview them and make them feel really good, right? 45 minutes, just ask some questions because here's the deal. A lot of people that are in that position of leadership or like, you know, a CEO or whatever, they love being interviewed. You know, people love being interviewed. They feel, you know, almost like, they feel almost like uh, just excited, they feel just flattered whenever someone asks them to um, interview them. So, you know, when you do that, they're going to hop on your podcast. You're going to make them feel really good. And then they're going to be curious. They're like, huh, I wonder what Larry does for full time, just not podcasting. But what does Larry do full time? And they're probably going to ask you 
And then now you can have that conversation with them. And by that time, you have already given them value first, right? You interviewed them to your podcast. And so they're going to be a lot more open to listening to you at that point. And so that's what I would do is, is, and, and here's the cool thing. You can even invite three chiropractors <laughs> on your podcast. And so it's kind of like a round sort of like little uh, round, round table talking, right? And so now you're being more efficient. You've just talked to three chiropractor owners within that 45 minutes, and they're all going to be asking you what you do. Okay. And so, you know, even if they don't, you can just slide it in, in that interview. Oh, you know, one of the things I do at my health and, you know, wellness thing is I, you know, I really believe in that, you know, I, I do this X, Y, and Z, but yeah, I completely agree with you. It's so important to keep, take care of your health. Right. And so um, that's what I would do if I were you, Larry, is I would create a podcast. I would invite your target audience to your podcast and interview them. That's brilliant. Love it. Second question. Very simple. Uh, you said texting is effective. Now, when you've got the same message to send out a bunch of people, many people don't want to be on a group text because then if somebody responds and they're one, they're tied into that that monster, then it's it's going to be click 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 all day long. I, I got victimized by that one time, and people say get me off of that. So we have to send out an individual text to each person. I mean, that's, that's okay. I mean. It, is yeah, that what so, you would do? It doesn't seem very time efficient, but I know it, it seems to have that personal touch. No, so there's um, there's automation tools nowadays where yeah. it will send out, send out individual text messages. So, um, let's without say them you, all being tied on a thread, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, which 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 kind of software is that? Or uh, you... there's one called Twilio. So T W I L I O. That's a little bit more on the expensive side. I mean, there are so many nowadays. It's a oh, okay. very, very saturated market. And so, if you type in on Google, Larry, yeah, uh, text messaging platforms, you okay. know, text messaging platforms, text messaging um, services, text me- uh, text marketing services. There's going to be like so many pages of results uh, you wouldn't even know what to do with. And so, um, that's what I would do. Okay, SMS, thanks. yeah, like that Bradley SMS marketing. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, awesome. Thank you for the question, Larry.